Hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome to the very first episode of Craft Theology. We are so excited that you are joining us on this great episode, uh, the first episode. Now, you're probably wondering, hey, what do you do in craft theology? Well, it's pretty simple. Um, We drink craft beverages, and we talk theology. So, I think we have a good lineup this uh, today. So, what what is our what is our lineup? Yes, we got four different craft sodas in front of us. We're just going sodas off the start, just keeping it a little PG. But we have one called the Smuggler's Run, which is a tropical soda. We have a grapefruit kiss with other citrus flavors. We have the Columbia Soda Works. And they make a great sarsaparilla soda. So we're going, yeah, sarsaparilla. And finally, from Soda Boy, quality beverage, we have a caramel or caramel, depending on where you're from, a caramel or caramel cream soda. So these are our four four sodas we got lined up. That actually sounds delicious. Okay, Uh, so we'll go around the table, and then we'll choose. So uh, let's start with you. Hmm. You see, I was actually interested in that cream, but... This one, this grapefruit kiss just has been calling my name. Or this smuggler. These two, it's got this pretty blue in front of it, and I just feel like that's just going to be a, a fun a fun time. But I think, yeah, I'm going to go with the blue. It's catching my eye. Okay, I'm awesome. on the smuggler's run. Awesome. What would you like sitting over there on the couch? Um, I think I want the caramel cream. Mm, that's mm. a good choice. It's yeah. from Soda Boy. That's what I wanted, but that's okay. Do you wow. want it? Nope. Nope, you, you chose it. It's Is your too second late. choice? Nope, no oh. gives backs. I thought I knew what you so were going to choose. So uh, what's the other option? So we got Grapefruit Kiss uh-huh. and a Sarsaparilla. Yeah, I want that. I yeah, honestly, when I was... When I was uh, that's what I thought oh, you were it's caffeine free. When I was oh. picking everything up, that's what I thought you would go with was a Sarsaparilla. And the I wanted... original soda pop. Well, they had a bunch of root beers, but I saw the oh. Sarsaparilla and it, it, it caught my eye. Established 1996. Your guy was born. There you go. Hmm. It was meant for you. Um, really hey, we're gonna that, have we're gonna have pictures old. of all these um, on our Instagram. So if you're really curious what we're drinking, we'll have pictures of them. So um, go ahead and uh, you can follow our Instagram. It is uh, craft craft theology. Uh, there's a a period in between them. It's craft dot theology. Uh, you can go give us a follow on the Instagram. Um, and if you're listening to us um, on uh, Anchor, which is uh, the platform we use to distribute this podcast uh, all over the world, then, uh, or if you're listening on Spotify or Google or whatever, you'll see in the description where our email is. Um, you can also email us through the Instagram page. The uh, contact information is there. But if there's any topics that you'd like for us to talk about or if there's any beverages that you would like for us to try and maybe give our opinion on you can go ahead and email us uh that email is craft theology podcast at gmail.com so go ahead and do that uh but yeah these pictures will be up soon i'm gonna go ahead uh i'm gonna open mine and try it we can open in the mic uh yeah we can try oh that was that was satisfying good oh that was better (laughs) come on you got this. That was kind of pitiful. That was very pitiful. Mine smells delicious. Holy cow. Mine smells like a tropical Ooh. mango. It has some notes of black licorice, which I'm not a huge fan of. It smells but it smells sweet. good. Well, I could I could have told you that one was gonna be sweet. It smells super sweet. Um, so while we're opening while we're 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 
I feel like I'm on a beach in the Bahamas drinking this. While we're popping bottles. Uh, you, know what, you know what would pair great with this? What? <laughs> Ooh, that's a no. Are we having an automatic exchange off the start? That's so sweet. It looks like grapefruit will be open this time. Have you ever wondered what just caramel syrup was? Oh, is that all it tastes like? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm a big fan of mine. Maybe I'm glad I didn't go with that. I'm a big fan of mine. Well, I haven't actually tried mine yet. Um, well, that's lame. Because I'm trying to, well, I'm trying to give the people some some context. Um, if they haven't figured out that we're just drinking craft sodas by now, I don't know what, <laughs> what else they need. They literally heard us crack them. Should I give yeah, it another but, try? So... So we, two sips. So we're drinking craft two soda, sips. Uh, and we talk theology, right? That's why it's called craft theology. So we're drinking craft sodas. Uh, we're going to talk theology. Obviously, we're not there yet. We're just trying the sodas, but um, yeah, that's what we do. That's why it's called craft theology. Yeah. It's a craft beverage and theology. So if you have, if you are a craft beverage lover. You can crack one open and listen along with us, and you can, you know, tell us your favorites or let us know. Is that good? That is good. Hmm. That look. It, it was that like one looked very good. interesting when I picked it up. You gotta op- if you're not gonna drink the caramel, you gotta open up the grapefruit. That's why I got the fourth, just in case. Because you knew I wouldn't like what I chose. Well, no, but I just it was just mainly the place that I go to get the craft. Sodas. I would like to try that caramel. Uh, feel free. The place that I go to get craft sodas, you get a better deal if you buy four because they do a four pack anyways. Oh, so okay. it's almost like getting one for free. Well, all right. So that is why I got four. Oh, that was probably the best one yet, and I ruined it by talking over it. No, it's good. It's sweet, bro. This awkward silence as we're waiting here. Man, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It tastes like, uh, you know, like the, the Werther's Originals? Oh, I love those. Okay, it tastes like that in liquid form. Well, that sounds amazing, but like it, it's I couldn't drink a whole though. bottle of right, it. Right, like like I can suck on a Werther's and that's that's fine, Mm-mm. but like I can't, I can't just sit and drink it this. Tastes like the smell of sitting next to the kettle corn man all day at the fair. <laughs> that's what it tastes like. Would you like to try it? Yeah, I would love to try it. I'll just, I'll just pass it around. None of us have Corona. It's okay. <laughs> wow. That is exactly this is exactly what it tastes like. That is exactly what it tastes like. I know. Hmm. It's interesting. Like not even I'm a fan of it though. But I like caramel more than probably more than the average person. I mean, so I'm, I could drink this. Yeah, I could but drink could I thing. I could probably only drink one. Because oh, it would 100%. be it would be a heavy and a lot. I and like I don't this. think I could chug it down it's either. Definitely is, not an A D D. That I'm, one's good. I'm a fan of the grapefruit kiss. It's way softer. Are we just gonna pass it? I feel like that'd be around? like a grapefruit flavored sprite. More or less, which is probably why I like it. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Mine literally tastes. I mean, we can pass them. I don't care. Here. We already we just did. We'll just, we'll just do the good the good circle. <laughs> can, can oh, this is weird. Can she drink that? Yeah, I don't. There's no. She can look at it. There's oh, no, okay. There's no pineapple. I okay. I think. I mean, I'll read it. Yeah, that's what it's for. It's oh, you're. Oh, we're going waterfall, not lips. I'll wipe. I'll wipe. I mean, I'm trying. I'll wipe. To be as safe as possible. I'll wipe. I'm going to spill it if I waterfall it. Okay, that's delicious. I like the sarsaparilla. I'm yeah, not that's even nice, big, isn't it? I'm not even a huge root beer guy either. Ooh, this is super coconutty. Yeah, it tastes very coconut. Mm. That, that, the, very, very coconut. The kiss is just refreshing. I'm a, I'm a fan of that. Yeah, that has a good taste to it, too. 
I like that. Smugglers run. I'm not a fan of this. Well, it's mine. I know. But I guess just to be the guy that disagrees with the, the table, I'm not a fan. Okay, Smugglers Run is this person's attempt to make non-alcoholic Malibu rum. That's exactly what it tastes like. <laughs> yeah. That is exactly like, what it tastes like. Like, that's all it is. It, it's definitely, yeah, it, it's it's non-alcoholic coconut rum. I'm waiting for the fun to kick in, but I know it's non-alcoholic. But it's delicious, though. Oh, like, it's, it has a very good flavor to it. I could literally, I just imagine myself on a beach in the Bahamas somewhere. Yeah. It just tastes nice. I um, actually sit by a pool. Well, I That's mean, where I see myself drinking that. You know, you where you dream is where you believe. Uh, okay. <laughs> hey, so... uh tastes a lot like a pina colada as well. I guess. I feel like I, that's where I'm hitting a lot of this. Is I think it's up. just coconut. Maybe just coconut? It's like blue-flavored coconut soda. I mean, yeah, I feel a lot of pina colada resemblances to it for me. Hmm. That's what it reminds me of. Um. So last night, uh, we started talking. This is this is where we get into the theology portion of the show. Um, and we uh were we were kind of talking about creation. And so that's kind of where we're gonna go in this episode. Um. And when I was thinking about it last night, I was like, "Huh, it's kind of funny." Like beginning of the podcast start in the beginning of the bible um but that was not intentional we were actually going to talk about something else but um this came up and so we decided to change it last minute and uh we started talking about 24-hour days right like god created and it was morning and it was light and that was a day yeah or evening and morning however it's it's phrased um and so I, I I was told that the word used um, I'm not a I'm not a Hebrew scholar. Uh, the word I'm assuming is pronounced in some way or form of yom, um, y o h m I believe, um, and uh, it could be referencing um, the definition was it's a like, it's it's the hot hours of the day, mm-hmm. right? Or it's it's the hot hours. So a day is is r- referred to from like when the sun comes up to when the sun goes down. Um, but the word could also just mean a significant period of time. Doesn't have to be specifically to a day. But then we were looking at the way that that exact word is translated in uh, the rest of the Bible. Yeah. And this is mostly in reference to uh, the King James, the way it's translated in the King James. Um, And it is translated as always Hmm. in in the King James and other areas. Yeah. And so we're talking about that, and we kind of thought, how beautiful is that? Not only scripturally and textually but theologically that uh there was you know there was evening like god created god created the heavens and the earth yeah and there was evening and there was night and it was always 
Hmm. Right? God created the fish of the sea and the animals of the land and the birds of the air. There was evening, there was morning, and it was always. I think thinking about it like that, I know we didn't talk to you about this last night because no, I kind of wanted new for me. Yeah, I kind of wanted to to get your your initial shock factor because it's beautiful. Yeah. Right? Especially because I think of it in this way. And I don't want to get too far off into this because this is another episode, but the the how God um when God creates, right? There's nothing. Yeah. So God is God is creating from within God's self. Right? What he what he is creating is something um that is internal to God's being. And and so when you when you understand creation that way and we can like I said we can dive more into that later, but when you understand creation that way and then you think about you know he separated the heavens and the earth and it was always to me it, it's so beautiful because it is uh it's implying that god is always working in 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 moving within creation itself yeah yeah that's that's interesting that's really interesting. I've never, I've never heard of any like I've never really heard it presented that way. I haven't either, till last night. Hmm. Came up with it. <laughs> just came up with it, huh? So, well, it was just. I mean, it's it's a possible, it's a possible, you know, uh, interpretation of that word. Hmm. And I think, you know, thinking about it theologically, I just, I just think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I I agree the the poetic nature of it and of course everything in the Bible I mean is up for interpretation in my opinion and being taught the strict seven twenty four hour day cycle never made sense so then to well move- the seven twenty four hour day cycle didn't mean to cut you off you can finish that in a second but the the seven twenty four day cycle doesn't even make sense until at least day four yeah mm-hmm. right because day four is when God creates the sun. And the moon. Yeah. So, so there is no way to even measure the hours of the heat of the day mm-hmm. because there is no heat of the day until at least day four. Yeah. So that just never clicked with me as a kid. And then moving on to this idea of just there were seven different acts of God. And his first act was creating what we claim to be day one and day two and on and on. But then the idea of it being always is more so God's not, he hasn't stopped creating. He created it. It's now always, he's continually working. He's continually creating, recreating and working in the cosmos. Yeah. That's, that's my favorite. That's my favorite thing about it. Yeah. Because he's not, I made it. I'm done. Hmm. Like as soon as he rests, he's no longer doing anything. It's like, no, he is creating that always is always he's always creating as we live our life yeah it's like uh to to kind of use like a like the greek terminology it's like it's the present active indicative 
mm-hmm. of 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 God creating mm. that he he always has he currently is and he always will be doing this thing and it makes sense um you know when you get to the end and and and, and we're talking new heaven new earth yeah right mm-hmm. so God created the heavens and the earth and it was always so he's constantly working and moving within that creation to to a recreation. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, and that recreation is the ultimate goal, you know, of of this this life we're living. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a, a this, so. This is very interesting. Yeah, I know that's probably a lot for you to digest and like give us your thoughts right <laughs> I off know, the, you're right just off the top. Put me right on the spot. Yeah, um, you didn't answer the phone last night. Sorry, it was like one thirty in the morning. <laughs> I was in bed. Nah. But I guess the question would be, this is for the whole table, the question would be, um, is is that is that thinking problematic? Right, is there, can you think of a reason where that understanding won't work? Well, what exactly are you uh, explain that? Like, what are we look the problem that you're looking for? Well, I'm not. I'm not looking for a problem, or even just like, what do you mean by your? Is it heresy? Well, geez, we're going all the right, way there. Like, like, well, yeah. I mean, borderline. Where else are we gonna go? I and mean, you're talking it, about if the, it's not heresy, then just it's fine. The, the simple interpretation of always. Yeah. Like, is it okay to understand it as always? Um, or is that problematic? I mean, does it challenge the character and the nature of God? I don't think so. I, I don't think it does either. <laughs> so, I mean, I think, okay, let me rephrase my question, I guess. I think it's a fine interpretation. Yeah. But I guess I'm asking to the table, am I missing something? I mean, I guess where I would kind of go back with you is what does this, okay, so from our basic understanding of everything is this change like what are exactly you looking to have have changed or the common christian belief and i think this is where i think like what are you looking to have changed by like understanding it this way yeah because i think the common understanding is that got mentioned very briefly was you think of the 24 hour seven day the earth new earth ten thousand years old that interpretation or you whenever you believe that we're looking in a this Hebrew word and we're changing that are we changing all of that stuff or are we kind of just saying you still stay there we're just changing this minor word because if you're just changing that minor word and that belief and that God's always creating in that regard I don't think there's any problem with that because I don't think that's changing any of the theories about creation well I think I think I think the answer is twofold I think it's I think I think the answer is both, right? To both your questions, yes is the answer. Okay. It is it is um kind of ch- challenging the idea of obviously 100% is challenging the 24-hour day mm-hmm. theory. Yeah. Um cuz like we said, I mean the 24-hour day th- theory has a lot of issues. At least until the fourth day. Yeah. 
Um, so it's definitely 100% challenging that. But I think it's also challenging in, in, a way, in a lot of ways the way that we view and understand how God um, is interacting within creation. Mm-hmm. Because it's not now, um, like you said, it's not God saying, okay, I created this and I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's now God is actively in all ways creating and, you know, moving and working within his creation. Um, so it's definitely challenging both. Yeah. But I don't think it's challenging both in a bad way. Yeah. Uh, like, like it's not, it's definitely not me saying, hey, I'm challenging you because you're wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just me saying, hey, here's an interesting way to look at this. You know, like, let's just, I don't know, let's just take a shot at this. Not saying it's right, not saying it's wrong. Just, you know, because typically a lot of times in modern America church, everybody gets so caught up on, well, we do it this way because this is how we do it. Yeah. And nobody is accepting to, hey, let's just look at it differently. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I preached a message one time about... um, uh well it was the the feeding the of feeding the, of the yeah, five thousand <laughs> and and I presented I presented a different way to kind of read and understand that parable yeah uh and and, and literally people got up and left like because they didn't like it mm-hmm. like that people aren't for their uh beliefs being being challenged yeah. Uh, but the problem with that, I think, is is their belief isn't being challenged. There, there, and, and if anything, my my goal of that message was to kind of in, challenge the way people read and understand scripture, not challenge the way people understand and believe God. Mm-hmm. But answer to your question, it's both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't see any. Especially, I mean, no matter what, any theory that you're going to get, people are always going to not like it, disagree, want it out. Yeah. But I don't have any, I don't think there's anything that makes it heretical or goes against the nature and character of God. Got anything to add? (laughs) Oh, I thought something just stopped. (laughs) Everyone just stopped. Well, I think it's, I think think you're both right and then... I mean, so for this to challenge someone's thoughts, I think it it needs to, and not in the what you're believing is wrong, but we can't, we cannot perfectly encapsulate what God did during creation. No matter what we say, no matter how we phrase it, it's never going to be like nail on the head. God's up there like, wow, they got it right. Like, it's just never going to be that. So for us to even say it it was seven 24 hour days, that's so small minded, like we we don't even have the enough creativity to give God the f- space and freedom to work outside of 24 hours. Granted, God could have done it in a second. He could yeah. have used all 24 hours. But the idea of always is challenging us to stop limiting God. 
And I also think, especially no matter what theory you look at or what theory you want to go with, you have to understand why the book of Genesis was even written in the first place. Like, the whole purpose of that book. Is that the studying you did last night? Yeah, that is the studying I did with last night. Yeah. But you have to think, I mean, because that is a, it's something that often gets overlooked, but that is a major part as to why this book was written in the first place. It's a major part as to why we even see this type of theology that we believe the author is Moses. There's strong recognition to have that, but we obviously can't necessarily pin that down for sure because there's nowhere in the book or throughout the scriptures that mention who the author of Genesis is. Mm -hmm. But we have strong indications that Moses at least had some part in writing it, editing it, some way. Moses was big in that. And if anything, Moses was presenting this to the Israelites at a couple different points. We can either say it while they were in slavery in Egypt, but more than likely it was whenever he was on Mount Sinai and the um, yeah. Israelites were have already fled from Egypt. Right. And so if you imagine that, and now let's go back into the Egypt. Let's jump there. The Israelites, they've been slaves to the Egyptians for centuries. Yep. And whenever you're in that process, it can become very easy to forget your ancestors and your heritage. And this is something that I found interesting. This is by an author named John Walton. He's um, a great he's a great mind. He actually wrote an NIV commentary. That's where I did a lot of my research and studying. And I took a class on this going through the book of Genesis. And he was one of our main guys we used with some other people. But I really liked what Walton had to say. And it's the fact that the mythology, even though Christianity, we hate comparing mythology to our Christian scriptures because we view that as a challenge. Right. Yeah. And that's a it's not a challenge, but that was just the culture back in that day. Everybody has a flood story. Yeah, exactly. Right. Epic of Gilgamesh Mm -hmm. is like verbatim. Mm -hmm. The the story of Noah and the Ark. Yeah. Yeah. Like 100 percent. Like, yeah, there's so many different mythologies that explain it. But this is what I liked. What he had talked about was that, you know, the mythology in the ancient world is our science in today. Oh, yeah. So the mythology was how they explained, okay, how does the sun rise? How we can say it, we have our whole scientific explanation for that. They say that's because a god did that. Yeah. Mm. We can say how the tides go in. We can say, you know, it's because of the moon and these different things. But they go, no, that's because that's what that god did. How it rains. We 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 have all these scientific explanations, but before they understood the actual science behind it, there was a certain god. Yeah. So... The book of Genesis was not only written to remind people of their heritage, but it was to say, no, 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 there's one true God, and that is Yahweh. And so we're seeing this, and and the main purpose of why this book was written, to show the covenant of God with his people as a reminder that, hey, our ancestors, God never forgot about them. Yahweh never forgot about them. And in the same way, Yahweh is not going to forget about us when we're running and trying to find this promised land in the middle of a desert. Yeah. And so now that we understand that just a little bit, we can un- we can make sense as to a lot of the what we see in the scriptures, especially in the creation story, it only has a chapter or two, really only a couple verses. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that the formation of the entire universe is only dedicated a couple verses. We have to understand that there's obviously a lot more going on than what we think because that's not the main purpose is to explain 
that this is how things were set in stone as much as one true God, that is Yahweh, he created everything. Yahweh is the one who created the sun. Yahweh is the one who created the grass. Yahweh is the one who created all the animals. Yahweh is the one who created the human beings that we have. It's one God that created. No other gods did anything. Right. There was no other God that got delegated power. It was just Yahweh. You mean there's not a sun God and a moon God? Could be. That would be something. Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> wow. So that's, but you, when you understand it, Genesis, and you look at the creation story like that, as it's trying to prove that Yahweh is the true God, and there is no one that can match his, no, nothing that can yeah. match him. That cha- To me, that changes the way I view the whole Genesis story, because it's not as set in stone, especially as I was taught growing up in church. Right. Well, it's not a, it's not a, really the whole purpose, thinking about it that way, is really not to explain at all what was created when mm-hmm. like that has nothing to do with anything mm-hmm. all it all the whole, the whole point is Yahweh did it yeah that's all they need to know it doesn't matter if it was it doesn't matter if he made man on the first day or the hundredth day or the twelfth day it doesn't matter well that Yahweh did it that helps with uh, the difference between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 because the creation order is different Right. From Mm -hmm. chapter to chapter. Right. And that just is reiterating the point that it didn't matter when, but it was God. Yeah. It is God. Yeah. And, and two, thinking about, you know, going back to, you know, it's what Moses wrote. All I can think of is, you know, I guarantee you Moses was very limited on what language he had. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. To explain this, to explain this idea. Like, so, you know, when, we, when we're, we're talking about kind of the day and we mentioned how, you know, it could be interpreted as always, which is, which is beautiful in a lot of ways. Um, but if Moses was to say that, mm-hmm. um, then in, in, that, in that time period, you don't really have a creation story. Yeah. Right? Because the people wouldn't understand that. The people would not understand what it means that, you know, he separated the heavens and the earth, and it was always. Mm-hmm. They'd go, well, then it's always been here. Mm-hmm. There is no, like, there is no in the beginning. Yeah. Right? So, with all that in mind, right, I think I think we can retrospectively look at it and understand it in the terms of it being always. And it make a lot of sense and be really beautiful, scripturally, textually, theologically, and all that beautiful stuff. Um, but I think we can understand like Moses had to use the word day, mm-hmm. otherwise the people just wouldn't have got it. Yeah, they wouldn't have understood it at all. Yeah. But 100%. I like what you I like what you bring up that the point, the whole point of it is not even to tell a creation story. No, and I mean at the end of the day, I don't think that's what. I really don't think that's what God was trying to accomplish. Yeah. In the first place. I'd because agree. one to even try to rationalize and explain that Moses would never have been able to understand it. And even if we had it written down in scripture verbatim of everything that happened, we wouldn't be able to understand it now. We're still we are thousands of years after and we are still learning about how this universe works. 
Yeah. Even our own planet, we know more about space than we do the bottom of the ocean. Yep. Like there's so much that we can't know. We or not can't know, but we have yet to figure out or even discover. And that goes and you would just think that, you know, if there were all the answers just put in the Bible, it'd be difficult for us to even understand them in the first place. Well, and if we could understand everything, then we serve a very small God. That is very true, too. Yeah. So, I don't know. We have to have conversations like this. We have to sit and talk this stuff out. Otherwise, I don't know. We would know everything, and then God's pointless. Yeah, and then we'd become God. Yeah, exactly. And that's no fun. Um, This soda's delicious. I'm a big fan, by the way. I'm a very big fan of mine. (laughs) Bringing back the taste of the Old West. What an odd... So what's the difference between sarsaparilla and root beer? Um, I know one got banned. <laughs> That's like all <laughs> I thought, too. But now I think they just kind of use sarsaparilla as a way just to say, get all the old people happy. Old root beer? Yeah, you know, back when soda it's, was it's pop a, was five a, cent. A very precious <laughs> liquid. Oh, okay. Yeah. So interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I, I just, I, I mean, I know we're on our little soda kick now, but. Oh, we can talk about, dude, we talk about whatever. I, I just think it's, and this is a problem. How was your morning? How was your lunch? It was good. Good. It was great. There you go. See, we just talk about whatever. I changed the brakes on my car this morning. Way to go. <laughs> I'm glad you were able to stop. Yeah, I know. I'm so dirty. Well, that's what a shower's for. I didn't have time. That's disgusting. Because I had lunch here waiting on me. His burger was going to get cold. Burger was so good. Well, so. but I, I think this is very interesting and because it's so tough to have these conversations with people. Oh, absolutely. And I even think it's not even, <coughs> whoa now, let's settle down, bring it all together. Sorry. But not only is it difficult to have these conversations with people, it's difficult to have them openly without a defensive mechanism where people are trying to defend their faith mm-hmm. because I feel like if we were to tell them, Hey, the whole point of Genesis and the creation story was not to pr- prove how the world was created. Yeah. But it was actually just to prove that God did it. Even that, even though it's something that I think we could easily get at and just, if we just studied it and just looked at it a little bit harder, right. That would make a lot of people angry. Because that challenges the stances that they've been told for years. It challenges the tradition. Yeah. Right? I think that's more what what it is. It's not that it necessarily challenges the the person. Although there's a lot of people that don't like being challenged. But it challenges the tradition of what it means to be a Christian. Uh, Because for so long, you know, that's just what you did. You believed in a 24-hour day because that's what the Bible says. But like I was told... A literal interpretation is an immature interpretation. Amen. Um, professor told me that. So great professor. Yeah, he's uh. pretty awesome. Um, but I, I'm kind of glad you brought that up because, at least for me, and I think for for you too as well. Like that's the whole point of this podcast. Yeah. Is I'm sure many people listening have the same exact problem. Yeah. And they can't go to their pastor. No. Because their pastor's just going to 
Well, the Bible says it's 24 hours. So you don't 20, have enough faith. It's 24 hours. You're yeah. doubting. Or you don't have enough faith. Or why are you, yeah, exactly. You don't have mm-hmm. enough faith. Why are you doubting all this Just stuff? Just put your trust back in God. Don't worry about it. Yeah, or you'll get called a backslider because. That one hit home? Oh. Because your healthy you're, skepticism is a good thing, people. Because you're you're questioning the tradition, so now you're a backslider and all this stuff. But that's the whole point of this podcast is to, you know, have these conversations. Yeah, I really think God wants you to doubt. Oh, hundred percent agree. Because mm-hmm. the moment you start to doubt and start to question is a moment that you have an opportunity to not only grow in your faith but also grow in the reasoning and builds you up and makes you stronger. Yeah. And I, I really believe God wants us to, and I know that sounds so interesting to say, but I really believe that God wants us Man. to doubt that whether it's a him or a she, whatever we want to go there, this being God. Just God. God wants us to doubt God <clears throat> because it opens up an opportunity for us to, even if it takes time, months, years, but eventually, if we're still seeking and searching, we're going to find, maybe we won't find the exact answer we're looking for because sometimes that's just impossible because we can't understand God. Yeah. But at least we can find some peace in knowing the character yeah. of God. Well, that's something, too. You said as long as we keep seeking and searching, right? I think doubting God is good as long as you're continually seeking mm-hmm. and searching for the answer, not I'm going to doubt God and then like give up on this faith thing. Yeah. Right. But, you know, that's why we mentioned in the beginning, like, if you have any questions or you want us to cover any topics, like, email it to us, you know. Maybe you're scared to have these conversations with your pastor. Um, You know, email them to us, and we'll discuss them, and we might come to a conclusion that you like, or we might not. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, that's just why we're here. Anyways, that was just a plug for... (laughs) For people to email us, crafttheologypodcast at gmail dot com. I really am surprised. We haven't been going that long. Oh, we've only been going thirty eight minutes. Oh man, nice. Because I looked, I was like an hour and thirty eight. I was like, holy cow! Yeah, I'm very impressed. I was like, you you finally got your Joe Rogan, some Burt Kreischer podcast material over here. No, we haven't been going that long. No, well, so I guess now that we've kind of mentioned about that, I'm just curious. Out of my own natural instinct, and I'm sure everyone else that might be listening would be curious too, because we're talking about these different theories, Mm -hmm. and there are a plethora of theories out there. I highly suggest, I wouldn't necessarily suggest Googling, because Google will give you just the classic, no, it's seven day, 24 hours, if you believe anything else, you're wrong. Yep. I wouldn't necessarily go on Google, but there are a lot of other sources, and maybe that's something we can put out too, is just... Yeah, if you want those sources, email us, we'll send you some. Because there are a lot of things, there's books and books of just different theories that explain the creation from your typical tradition seven day to all the way up to something called a revelation theory, which explains that Moses couldn't understand everything, so he did the best he could. And there are so many in between. Mm -hmm. And so now that, and I don't want the listener to hear this and go, okay, they're only, because I don't know, I I think all of us have our own different way of interpreting the creation. Probably, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I don't want the listener just to go, okay, there are only three. There are, honestly, there are tens or probably even close to, I I don't know about hundreds, but there are a lot of ways to interpret the creation story. Yeah. And so now that that's been brought up, I'm curious, what exactly is your interpretation 
uh, the creation story. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, we're going there. It's my, been the, the topic everyone's been waiting to hear. My part, um, there's so many layers to it, though. Well, so, we got time. I was going to say. Um, well, when I was in undergrad and we talked about it, uh, the obvious debate is creationism versus evolution. Yeah. Mm, and like yep. that was a very heavy debate. And it never, like, I didn't understand the one or the other. I was like, this can be a both and thing. Yep. yep. And like the whole, my whole, I guess my viewpoint would be theistic evolution. Yeah. And my creation story is God did it. Like literally, that's kind of where I sat. God did it. How he did it. Well, you can read the Bible. He created this, 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 and this. And then you can also go to science and realize the earth was formed with all of the layers of all of the earth and the animals that have evolved over time. And if you don't like evolution, it's kind of scientifical. Um, scientific. Uh, it's not kind of scientific. Like it it scientifical? <laughs> yeah, that's not a word. It's scientific. I was going to say, for somebody that always yells at me for making up words, I'm putting that in my back pocket. All right. Um, New but word. The, here first. The Darwinist evolution is... It makes so much sense. The idea that giraffes have long necks because where they were, the trees were so tall, they had to evolve to have longer necks, otherwise they couldn't eat the leaves. And the giraffes with shorter necks would die, and through breeding, giraffes now have long necks. Like, that's evolution. And it just makes sense. Black moths on black trees are safer from predators than the white moth on a black tree. They're easier to spot. So in areas of the black wooded trees... There's more black moss. In the white wooded trees, there's white moss. It's just I read evolution. an article about that the other day. Well, yeah. And about it's moths. I don't know. <laughs> it just came across on Facebook, so I just clicked on it. thought That's it was interesting. It. So, I mean, my creation, my personal theology of creation is God did it, and science has factual statements of what happened, but God did it. Yeah. And however I read it and I look through evolution and everyone always goes, well, I didn't come from a monkey. And if there's evolution, why aren't babies born as monkeys and evolve into humans? Because that's not what evolution is. The yeah. church has mistaught evolution. Hmm. So they think it's this like three year switch that I should still have a tail and then I grow out of it when I hit puberty. Like, no, that's not what evolution is. It is this slow over this process of millions of years that God in his infinite power made. And I don't care if when he created the world, he created it in the year 2020 as everything is right now. Like he has the power to do that. However, he created it years ago. And as we have evolved on earth, that's kind of the always in the creation of God going and God's still creating as the yeah. world has progressed. I'm interested in when you say theistic evolution. There yeah. are a lot of people that are in the camp that animals mm -hmm. evolved naturally, but humans were set that God created those. They never evolved. Where do you sit on that? Oh, see the because there's there's of two it. different sides of that because mm -hmm. theistic evolution there it breaks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was tightening my microphone, but. <laughs> <laughs> there are two, I didn't there, think it'd make that much noise. There is that camp where, because I, because I don't have a problem with the theistic evolution side. Mm -hmm. I, I am fine with it. The only thing for me is I don't want to discount the the Bible completely or yeah. 
and because I, I do think there is some credibility that we need to at least try to follow it some little bit. Mm-hmm. So do you think that God created man like he said, or is there this also this break of we did come from monkeys or whatever so animal we could it could be a that, butterfly it's a it's a common caterpillar. caterpillars are very interesting because they have their form same i mean we come out of a womb they come in their thing and i don't break know what you're talking about anymore that you really <laughs> got off topic um i okay so in the science world there is uh lucy the perfect mix mm-hmm. of an um monkey and a human and it oh, is a yeah. biped mammal that has a tail and so that is what evolutionists have to say this is the cross like this is a missing link yeah basically it's the missing link between apes and humans and i don't have a problem with that yeah i don't have a problem with millions of years ago we had a common ancestor and through years of evolution and survival how one has come to what we now know as apes and now one has come to know as humans and i i don't have an issue with that because i mean the science of it's pretty great and i have a friend who's an archaeologist archaeologist works too yeah (laughs) and uh we've talked about it a lot because he's just soda over there (laughs) yeah you know grapefruit (laughs) it's all the it's all the citrus um, yeah, the um, he considers himself agnostic, mm-hmm. so he views it completely out of the realm of God, and so he explains it, and he's he's very scientific about all of it, and he says it, and I'm like, yeah, that makes perfect sense, but God did it, yeah, and he <clears throat> he kind of just concedes that fact. He goes, okay, fine, in your mind, God did all of this, and I'm like, that makes so much sense. Like, even if the Big Bang is real, God did it. When God snapped his finger, that could have been the two things connecting and being the bang. God doesn't have fingers. Yeah, doesn't have I'm fingers. aware. It is personification. <laughs> but Anthropomorphism. Like, yes. But like that's <laughs> where I am is I, I don't doubt the science of it. Yeah. And I am fine if there was an evolution of man. I'm also fine with God created Adam. And as Adam was Adam, he was man. But... I don't think Adam was a person. I was going to say that it's a whole nother conversation of itself is as Adam was Adam and Eve just two people. Or are we talking about an entire humanity that was around that time? I mean, that's a whole nother interpretation that you could look at. And that's, that's where I would go is humanity, man, as God created the humanity of that man. Yeah. As he was creating, he was forming from dust. Who's to say as he formed, he didn't form one with a tail and then was like, oh, never mind. And then he did this. I know it says we're created in God's image, so everyone then automatically believes that as humans are now, God looks like. And that's not true. I think, I'd argue, I think I'd argue everything in creation yeah. is a reflection of the image of God. Exactly. But we everything as humans creation. now have this viewpoint that God is also human. Right. And so he's not. So problematic. So as he's yeah. forming man from dust, who's to say... The evolution didn't happen as he was doing it. You've played with Play-Doh before, mm-hmm. and you've made something, and then you squished it and made something else. Like that evolutional process could have happened, but at the end of the day, my belief is it happened, but God did it. I think that's the key, though. I, I think it's no matter what way you believe. I mm-hmm. think as long as because I, I think that's exactly what the whole point of this creation story that we read. Yeah, I don't really think it. 
I say I don't think it really matters which way it happens. And I kind of stand by that. As long as God did. I think as long as God yeah. is the one who is whatever way you believe, as long as God is the focal point Agreed. that God created, I think all of them should check out. Not all of them should, but I do think all of them check out because I think that's the whole point of the creation story. Yeah, I think kind of to answer your question that you just asked, I, I, I'm I, in the camp that, you know, monkeys were made and humans were made, that there's not this common ancestor. Mm-hmm. Now, is there, an evolu- ev- is there an evolution of humans? Yes, clearly, right? Yeah. I, I do believe there is this evolution of humans that occurred, um, but I, I, I don't think it was this common ancestor, and then kind of one went one way and one went the other. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just, and even like to say it's possible and God did it, like I'm fine with that, but I don't know. I, I just, I find that difficult in my head to, to comprehend Yeah, or to even fathom as being a possibility. Um, because interestingly, uh, primates, uh, specifically orangutans, mm-hmm. uh, I've learned this in the past couple of weeks, scientists are saying that they're entering the stone age. Hmm. Really? Because they're starting they're starting to use stone tools to make their to make their life easier. Seriously. Sorry. Like they're using stone tools to like cut down branches and leaves of trees. Huh. So that they can build their nests. So how long before Planet of the Apes is like Oh yeah. A thing? I've I've no idea. <laughs> but it's coming. That's gonna be awesome. Such an odd because and I don't know if it's all monkeys. I just know it's, from what I've heard, it's been specifically orangutan. Mm-hmm. Orangutans. Aren't they the smartest? And, yeah, they are. Okay. And they're the most, like, they're the most anatomically mm-hmm. uh, matched to a to a human. Yeah. Um. And, and, and it may be other monkeys, but I know it's it, for them specifically, they're saying that they're entering the Stone Age. Huh. Which is kind of cool. But yeah, I, my personal view on creation. Were you done? Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure. Uh, my personal view on creation is, you know, obviously I am in the I am in the camp of theistic evolution, um, because to me it's the only one that makes sense, and I don't know why. I don't know why people have a problem with it. Yeah. Like, you can literally look up the evolution of a horse. Mm-hmm. And it will show, like, the fossil records of what a horse looked like, you know, 6,000 years ago. And what a ho- what a modern horse looks like. Like, you can't, I don't know, you can't, to me, you can't refute that. Um, but that's uh, that's the difference between micro and macro mm-hmm. evolution, yeah. right? So I'm definitely with like Darwin's finches. Like I'm I'm with him. Mm-hmm. Like I'm there. Like it makes sense. That's just called adaptation, right? It's a scientific fact. People in you know sunny. I'm belching real bad. It's a soda. We're at the end of it. People in. Uh, you know, climates where the sun is more prominent have darker skin mm-hmm. to protect them from the UVB rays. Mm-hmm. 
people in climates where there's not as much sun, they have lighter skin because they don't need they don't need the same amount of protection. Right? Mm-hmm. That that's evolution. Yeah. Right? I think people I think Christians would call that adaptation because they're fine with things adapting. Mm-hmm. They're just not okay with things evolving. Isn't that, but we're saying the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say that's uh, that's why that so will I had so many problems with so many Christians because it says evolving in pursuit of what you, is it love? Yeah, evolving yeah, yeah, yeah. in pursuit of what you said. What you said? Yeah. Like, that's why I like a lot of churches and they hated that song because it said evolve. Like the word evolve. Right. Has so many bad layers to it. Right. But they could have said, you know, adapting to the things of what you said. And churches wouldn't have had a problem with it, but it doesn't sound as pretty. Oh, it would have sound. It would have been. It would have been a horrible lyric for a song. I also like that they did it, but I, I like do too. Making, I well, like them making them. Also, mad. why people don't like reckless love. Whole other topic. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that's people like are getting hung up on word choices. There. We'll have we'll have a theology mm. of worship oh. podcast. Mm. Um, Come on. But I think, you know, I, I think I just kind of lie in the camp of theistic evolution is a thing, in the sense that. Things did evolve, and God did it. You know, I and I do think too. The. Um, I do think there was there is an order to creation. In the sense that I don't think. You know, God spoke, and it all happened at one time. Yeah. Like I do, I do think there was an order to it. Now, what that order looks like, or how that order played out, I, obviously we don't know. But I do think there was some form of an order to it. Um, but it wasn't 24 hours. And if it was 24 hours, it wasn't until the fourth day. Hmm. Like, that's just where I'm going to stand. Like, yeah. I don't, I do not have a problem with it being 24 hours. I really don't. But it has to be 24 hours after the fourth day. Hmm. Or starting with the fourth day. Yeah. So... I mean, I, I'm very much, and, and I think I'm kind of in the middle and kind of don't really have a definite, you know, this is my understanding of creation um, because I err on what we were talking about of, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. that's not the point. Yeah. The point is that God did it mm-hmm. and that's yeah. what's important. So hmm. where are you at? Probably, we're probably kind of pretty close to all being in the yeah, same Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to discount camp. I'm not going to discount any of what you guys said because yeah. I actually, you know, evolution in it, it's hard to refute it. There's a lot of evidence for it no matter how you look at it. That's why I sit in the camp and this is almost a cop out. <laughs> I sit in the camp that is the revelation day theory. Yeah. And so the way I like to look at the creation Explain that. Yeah, so basically with the revelation day theory is is that when Moses at some point, could be Mount Sinai, or whenever it was, he received the revelation from God of how these acts have happened. So this is when Moses was writing the book of Genesis, or the author. I'm still on the camp. I'm just going to say Moses. I'm, I mean, I, I, a lot of people agree. So we're just going to say Moses. Just keep it simple. Keep it simple, exactly. If not, it's probably some dude that we will never know, except maybe when we make it into heaven and be like, I actually wrote the book of Genesis. We'll be like, cool. Nice to meet you, sir. Maybe he didn't make it. Or she. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I got is cool. I don't think I would really care that much. Yeah. Like, you're in heaven. You made it. Good job. But. Wow. Glad you're here. So. Party at my house. So how the theory works is that because God. Tito's and Red Bull. (laughs) 
Oh, man. That'll be an interesting heaven right there. <laughs> yeah. And so either there are two ways to look at it, as in either one, God simplified the creation story and the narrative so that Moses would be able to understand and actually be able to write down the process of what actually happened. So that's one way you can look at the revelation theory. Or the th- what God was explaining to Moses was so complex that Moses did his very best and wrote down what he could in a way that would work. Because you have to understand that a lot of the Old Testament is Hebrew literature. It's a lot of different poems. It's a lot of yeah. different um, liter- literary um, pieces. It's not just your, it's all storytelling. And especially what Moses is doing in this, because you have to remember the context of what he is doing this for. He's trying to prove to the people that Yahweh, the God that they're worshiping, the God that they're serving, was there from the beginning, and he's going to get them out of what they're in right now, walking through the wilderness, trying to find the promised land. In Genesis, specifically the creation story, is poetry, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, Yes. I just wanted to double check. You've studied that more than I have academically, so I just wanted to double check. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's even different theories that the whole, like that, the, um, I forget exactly, but I think it's the first, like it goes day one and day three mirror each other, day two and day four mirror each other, and day three Mm -hmm. and day six, I think it's how it goes. Something like that, where they mirror each other in the way it is. That one kind of falls apart a little bit because it doesn't make the most sense, but it is a theory in of itself. But back to the revelation theory is, so that's how I like to view it, is that I believe that God simplified the creation narrative when he was explaining it to Moses so that Moses would be able to understand it and actually write down everything that was needed, and that way he could tell the people. I don't think, and I I like to be in this camp because it gives the opportunity of so many things. In fact, I think this is, the, in my opinion, one of the best ways because it does not limit God in any way. It actually enhances God because we are not putting God in a box. We're just saying, right. however God created, mm-hmm. we know that God did create and whatever means possible. Through science, we're hopefully, maybe one day we'll figure out more and more how this happened. And that just goes to show that, in my opinion, science is in no way a hindrance to God, but it actually is a strength that can enable and enhance our faith mm-hmm. because we can continuously learn and go, okay, that's not just some random thing that happened in the world, but that was set in motion by a certain being, and that was God. And I believe the Revelation Day really allows for that creativity and for us to really think about how in the world did this happen. Yeah. And I know it seems like a cop-out answer, and it might seem like there's a lot to it, but to me it just makes the most sense in my head because I'm not— limiting God into one specific way, but I'm just trying to say, okay, this is how it's written down, but it was written for a sole purpose, and however we want to believe that God did it, that's, I I don't have a problem with. Mm -hmm. I really, so I really like the way this conversation's gone, um, because, uh, you know, I have multiple people that I've talked to who struggle with uh, Christianity because of um, biblical inerrancy, mm. which biblical inerrancy is a whole nother can of worms because obviously there's errors in the Bible, right? Yep. It was written by unperfect people. Yep. 
But, you know, a major issue they constantly bring up is kind of the difference. I just finished my soda, by the way. Fantastic. Um, well, then we'll be wrapping this up soon. Is that how this works? Uh, yeah, man. When the soda's gone, we have nothing left to... to you can drink the coffee. <laughs> I don't know if I can... This um, one's already sweet enough. But, the peop- but, but you know, they, they an issue for them is, is the differences between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Hmm. And the differences within the creation story. Because if this creation is the is the beginning of everything, you know, and it's God doing everything, why are they different? Yeah. Right? And so I really like the idea of thinking about it this way. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right? The point of the story is that God did it. Yeah. And I think when you are comparing Genesis 1 and 2, and the orders are different. Because I think the only difference is... Um, the plants and the animals, right? They're backwards or something like that. I, I honestly, yes. I'd have to, I'd have to read it to. It's either plants really and animals sure. or plants. I think it's humans. Okay, yeah, maybe. I thought it was that plants were because I think it goes from plants were made and then humans were made. But in Genesis two, it talks about humans and, and then, then God vegetation. Talks about, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. The point is, God did it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think. You know, kind of going back to where this conversation started, I think sticking to that understanding that it doesn't matter, it's just that God did it. I think under interpreting the word, the word for day as always in the creation story, if anything makes more sense yeah, to me now. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't matter if it's the first day or the second day or the twelfth day. It just... And it was always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God did it, and it was, and mm-hmm. it is, and it always will be. Yeah. And end of end of the story. Wow. I mean, I really like one how this podcast circled back. I was going to say this without was, us intentionally doing this like, was no planning plan. that out. This was great, but it, it's it's beautiful how that works. Wow, look and at it's, that. It's comforting. Oh, hundred oh, percent. It gives me so much peace and comfort in the fact that whatever has happened. God did it. Hmm. Yeah. And it, it, as someone who kind of gets anxiety not knowing what's going to happen and trying to work it all out, then just being like, wow, it doesn't matter because God did it. God's doing it and God will do it. Yeah. Because he's always and he, he's doing it. And then Adam ate the fruit and everything went downhill. Was it just Adam or was it a whole, what is the, that's a whole nother thing. That's it. Was it Adam? Was it a whole humanity? Was it a fruit? Did the fruit signify something else was it a hidden meeting i don't know i don't know either what kind of conspiracy theory t- lineup is that <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying there's sounds so like a setup for like the next podcast next but, time um, yeah well we could sit and talk about just the we got other stuff to talk about before we get two or three chapters of genesis just in of itself is so fascinating because there's so much about it I'm i mean a that's slow drinker two down but that's the interesting well, thing. Well, we can keep talking until I guess she's done. Well, yeah, but that's <laughs> the interesting thing about Genesis and the book of Genesis is you can, especially with the understanding of, because to me that's why it's so important and that's why I wanted to talk about it, is that you have to understand why this book was written and why Moses was doing this. Mm-hmm. Moses was not writing this as a history book to keep all the records of what happened. Because that doesn't make sense. Because if that's the whole purpose of Genesis, 
there's so many historical things that are missed. It's not about yeah. a, it's not a book about history. Mm-hmm. It's a, not a book about geographical locations, like where different because that's a big theme in Genesis are a lot of mm-hmm. different geographical locations that are built and put upon. I mean, I'd argue the whole Pentateuch has nothing to do with history. I mean, yeah, like the whole the first five books. Yeah, I'd argue the whole Bible. Like that's fair too. Well, yeah, okay, <laughs> but I I think maybe where I was maybe where I was going from was like there's stuff that happens in the Kings and in like Samuel and Chronicles and all those things Mm -hmm. that like there's historical records on that stuff. Yeah. Like we know that that stuff, I mean, really did happen. Like Mm -hmm. it's not just in the Bible. It's legit. Um, And I don't necessarily think that that's the point of those books either. Yeah. But you know, the point of those books isn't history either, but definitely at least the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, um, has nothing to do with with history. It's yeah. all to me. It has everything to do with the tradition and and what it means to be an Israelite. Yeah, or and, a Hebrew. And so yeah, that's and so you when you think about um, all those interpretations and in that it's not necessarily history. It's not about geographical locations and understanding different geographical developments. Really, what the whole book of Genesis is about is understanding the covenant and the relationship that God is establishing with his people mm-hmm. and restoring those ties and, and remembering those ties. Yeah. And so when you start to look at the book of Genesis, and if we really want to go with the whole, um, we can go Torah, Torah, Pentateuch, whatever you want to call it, the first five. If you look at it through those lenses, it, it's very interesting in that regard. And that's why for me, it's so comforting Knowing that we don't need to know the answers. Yeah. We don't have to know the answers. It's not about knowing the answers. If anything, we have the answer, and that's simply that God created. God did it. Mm. And that's all we need to look for. I think so often in our human times, we try so hard to seek something when we don't need to. You know, it reminds me of a verse that you always talk about, something that I really into. I think all of us have heard it from one of our favorite pastors, John Corson. Highly recommend you go give him a listen. Amen. But he talks about... Um, Searchlightministries.com. He talks about it. It's I forget exactly which chapter. It's in Philippians. I don't know if it's four. Yeah. But it talks about the... It's a whole verse about giving peace that goes beyond your understanding. Yeah. It's four eight. I believe either four eight or four nine. I just know it's in uh, something like that. You can go look it up yourself. We're not perfect, but it talks about the verse. Literally talks about. Um, I do have a Bible of, here with me. Of God we could look this stuff up. Yeah, and if we're looking for a peace, it's not. It's all about. It's not for us to understand. If it's a peace that goes beyond our understanding, then why are we trying to understand it? And I think that's in the same way we don't need to understand the whole creation story. That's not the point. Yeah. It, it, the point is, is for us to have the peace and the knowing that God did it. Mm-hmm. And that's all we need to know. And that's yeah. all the peace we need from it. Yeah. He did it Amen. and it was always. Amen. You know what else I find interesting about Genesis? Like, I don't know about you guys, but this is kind of like my final thought. Before, like, we even jump into Abraham mm-hmm. or Abram before he even gets Abraham. And we think of him as like the father of the faith and everything. Yeah. There were dudes living before Abram. So like, it's crazy that. Yeah. I know, but that's just such a crazy thing to me. For some reason, you just, well, you jump from 
I don't know. I always thought it was so, so it, interesting because so you you it, mentioned the like, story moves really fast yeah. until mm-hmm. you get to Abraham. It's I yeah. think like that's then just it slows so down. Fascinating to me. Yeah. I don't know why I think that's so fascinating because like Abraham's dad, his name is I still can't pronounce it, but it's Tira, Tyra, T E R A H, Tara, Tara. Sure, whichever way. I suck at pronouncing things. Tara. I would go Tara. You want to say Torah, but we can go Tara. But isn't that interesting? I don't know. I just always found it interesting. Cause that's one thing we learned about in class, and I could not drop it. Was man, Abram or Abraham had a father. Adam and Eve had like a hundred kids, and he had a mother. Okay. I know, but it just like <laughs> Seth. How, Seth lived to be for forever years old. But just, but you think about it. Exact date. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you think about it. How often? Is that missed just in Christian culture? Whenever I would learn it in children's church. I I just remember you would go through this, and next thing you know, you're just, I always thought Abraham growing up was just like, he was just like Adam and Eve. It goes, yeah. And he was like right there with them. It's creation, fall, Noah. Yeah. And it's just. Right. You miss everything in between the fall and Noah. And the in between of the fall and Noah is like crucial stuff. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Like because it's not the fall the the fall that happens in Genesis three and four. The way a lot of times that it's taught is the fall happens, and then because of the fall, God sends this flood. Mm-hmm. That's not how it happens. Yeah. Right. Their punishment for eating the fruit is getting kicked out of the garden. Yeah. Right. And boom. Right, justice have has been served. They've received their judgment, and they've they got their punishment. Mm-hmm. But so much more happens between the meeting kicked out of the garden and Noah. That's why a flood is sent. Mm-hmm. It's not because they ate the fruit. They they receive their punishment for eating the fruit. It's everything that happens between the punishment and Noah that is the cause for the flood. And you you, you don't learn that. No. No. You don't learn that at all. You always hear about it in children's church as well. The flood, it's always this like happy little thing here. It's like, whoo, Noah's just going to get two of each animal. We're going to get on a boat. Why? Well, you see, there were some bad people. It, yeah. It's just like you, you just kind of well, they, they tell skirt the, around the whole thing of... History's written in the viewpoint of the victor. Yeah. Right? So they tell the story of Noah as, you know, okay... You know, God's going to destroy the earth, but Noah is going to save mankind because he's been chosen. So he's going to build this boat and save the animals. Mm-hmm. Okay, even in what I just said, you just kind of brief over God's going to destroy the earth. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, this is this why. There. But it's so. <laughs> I learned this, I don't know, a year ago, and I guess I was never taught it as a child. The flood was the very first time it ever rained. Yeah. Like, it never rained on the earth. Yep. Before the flood. And I don't know why I've never thought of that before. Mist came from it the said ground. It, it was like, um, I think it's called the firmament. Yeah. And God broke the firmament and, and then it started fell. to rain. Yeah. And that's wild. Yeah. Like I it's just things you weren't taught as a kid, and then the more you grow up and the more you actually seek and try to learn and grow, you get these these mini revelations. Like I remember I came into the office one time and I was telling both of you like uh, in the book of Jeremiah, when God's calling him, it doesn't say, like, I want you to go do this. It's like, you are going to do this. You will be persecuted, but it will work. And I'm like, he was yeah. not given an option. And both of you are like, 
yeah <laughs> yeah but it's like the more you read you get these tiny little mind-blowing like this is amazing yeah and it's just like read your bible folks that's really cool it's well, just sitting there waiting for you i mean talking of, of well uh, we won't talk about that but uh now yeah I'm i mean so just think about go. think about i mean if the the firmament breaks and it rains for the first time of course it's going to flood the earth of course it's also mm-hmm. going to freak people out like you know how much water is stored up there Probably a lot. No, but no, I, it's kind of funny. It's like me after a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. It's about to be me after this podcast. <laughs> um, but it's like, I love it. Maybe, uh, you know what? Maybe that's the interpretation. Maybe this was God's movie. <laughs> and when it got to Noah, it was time for a restroom. He, uh, he just got, he was like, yo. <laughs> oh, that's be, okay. Give me a second. That's too far, I think. <laughs> Uh, but interpretation. A, a comedian has this hilarious joke about like, you know, when you're doing a, a baby nursery and it's like, oh, we're painting this, this pretty mural of like Noah in the ark with all mm-hmm. these animals and all this other <laughs> stuff. And he's like, oh, you're painting a mural of that time when God sent a whole flood to destroy every living person on the whole earth. He's like, you gonna, you gonna paint a person screaming on that rock over there. <laughs> and, then <he's, laughs> and then he's like, how about later on the other wall, you paint the stoning of Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! It was a very tragic event that we just gloss over. Yeah, we animals. D- we do, we do. But it's for the animals. But it's two of every and, animal. You know, except no. the unicorns didn't make it on the it boat. It was it was or it dinosaurs. Was, it was true. seven of every clean animal, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. What it, se- I think was it seven and seven? I, I feel like it wasn't, but it was seven of every clean. Four of every unclean, because it was seven and four. I thought maybe I don't. I didn't research the flood before this. Yeah, I didn't either. But <laughs> it was it was it was two by two, male and female, so that the animals could repopulate. Yeah. And then the other ones that were brought on were food, mm-hmm. so that they could eat, so yeah. that Noah and his family could eat. It's such a large. Realistically, arc. there's so much to even talk about in that yeah. too. Just about the story of Noah. Yeah. I could go in a lot of detail from. Just a bunch of stuff. But. You know in the part where it talks about the Bible mentions homosexuality about Noah? Where it talks about his son who like. Oh yeah, his son walks in on him. Well. While he's drunk. There's an interpretation of that that it could, you can look at it as in one, he saw him naked and that was a form of homosexuality. Mm-hmm. There's two, that he could have done things to his father while he was drunk. But. Do you actually, because that word is used in other um, places, especially in, I in a, um, especially in the the um, the Torah, where it's used, and it talks about a form of sex. So more than likely, the where it talks about homosexuality, while Noah was drunk, I forget which son it was. Probably went and raped the mom. I think it was Ham, wasn't it? I was it? I thought it was his old. No, it wasn't I'm not his sure, oldest. but he more than likely went and raped his mom, and that's why it was such a foul act. Because that same verbiage that's used, the same word. I wish I knew the word off the top of my head, but it's used throughout, and it talks about when you do that. So more than likely, it's not even the form of homosexuality that we think of. What an it's actually odd more side than note. likely. So it's, it's a sexually immoral act. Yeah, mm-hmm. not necessarily homosexuality. Yeah, that's interesting. It's very interesting. It has nothing to do with the creation story. Nope. Nope. But we are all out of I mean, we're, we're kind of past the creation story. Um, we've now finished all the sodas. Uh, like I said, uh, a photo of these are going to be on our Instagram. So if you want to go purchase them and check them out for yourself, have fun to do so. 
Um, again, make sure. Ooh, okay. Right before we go, okay. Let's. Uh, I want to rate the sodas. Oh, okay. That's fair. So let's start with uh, the tropical. I don't even remember the name of it. The Smuggler's Run. Smuggler's Run. Tropical, tropical. soda. I'm actually gonna give. So we're gonna go. Wait, with 10. what's our? Okay, out of ten. Zero to ten. Zero being bad. Ten being the best. And because this is a start, I feel like these guys, they get a, it's unfair to them because they're going to get a, in my opinion, they're going to get a pretty safe rating because mm-hmm. we really don't have anything to grade on. So the Smuggler's Run is going to get a six for me. I was going to give it a seven. I was going to go seven. I'm giving it a six. All right. Smuggler's Run gets a 6.5, basically. We'll it's just a 6.3, That's but okay. Seven. Well, I just did six. But if we Isn't it a 6.3? It would be 20 divided by three. Which is six point like eight actually. I was say, twenty be. divided by three. Yeah, seven plus seven plus six equals twenty divided by three. Oh, it I does. was just gonna do six point five because it just made okay. it was just easier. Six point five. <laughs> See, <laughs> <laughs> math great. All right, the uh, Columbia Soda Works gas sarsaparilla. I'm gonna give it a five. I'm going with like an eight and a half. Jeez, you are really wow. putting I'm, your... I'm a root beer fan, though. Gosh. I would go six. And that's kind of what it... Okay, so it's the same six and a half sc- <laughs> scoring just about. Good job, everyone. Uh, the Grapefruit Kiss. Three. Rude. Really? Yeah, I did not like it. I'm not a fan. I'm like the Simon Cowell in this podcast, which makes me happy. I'm sure. going to I'm gonna give it... Probably a ten, right? No. I'm probably going to give it a seven. You're like the Paul Abdul. Or like you just a six. make everyone happy. I give it a six and a half. I'd go with a six okay. for it. You're about the Reggie Jackson then. That's what American Idol was called. Randy calling. Jackson. Is yeah, it no. Reggie? Randy? It was Randy. Randy. No. <laughs> yeah, dog. Reggie is our box. Oh, yeah, true. So technically the Smugglers won, run won. I do today. think that was the best. It was the best soda. Do you want to rate the Caramel Cream Soda Boy that we didn't drink? I'm giving it a two. I was going to say a two. It's, yeah. Exactly. It has a good flavor to it, but I don't think... Here's the thing. One sip novelty. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you really love sweet caramel drinks, you're going to love that. You're going to love it. Absolutely love it. Um, But if you want more of an actual, like, soda, you're not going to be a fan. No. Because to me, it's not even Mm soda-y. I think if I were to do doses throughout the day, that's a different... But it's just so sweet so fast... Right. That it's just, it's hard to drink. I almost feel like you could take, like, soda water. And, and like, cut it? And, like, cut that. Yeah. And then it'd be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that's the way to do it. Um, but it's not good by itself. No, well, I agree. We did it. All right. We did it, people. So, again, uh, you know, go follow us on Instagram. Uh, Craft Theology. Uh, these pictures will be posted so that you can see what we were drinking today. Um, also... Uh, go ahead and email us if you have anything that you, you know, a topic you'd like us to cover or if you're in search for some resources, uh, go ahead and email us that. We'd love to actually get you some resources on some of the stuff we talked about today. Um, other than that, do we have anything else to say? Peace be with you. And also with your spirit. Wow, that was nice. <laughs> All right. That's it. Love you, people. Bye. Bye.